Welcome to the OM Podcast. She's Annie O'Neill. And she's Sue Miller. And this is Let's Talk. And for those of you in the know, let's take a longer break. Let's talk about being a lioness. Lionesses. Being a lioness. One of them. Being a lioness. Yes. One of those. So we need to um, start by just introducing, we've got a special guest today on our podcast. We're very excited because we don't have guests very often, do we? Have you ever had a guest before? Yes, I, oh, no, 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 not on a podcast. I did um, take a break with a guest from Wild Play, talking about the benefits of being out in nature. Do you remember? Yeah. We talked about forest bathing. Do you want to? But this is... I'm feeling very special. Do you want to introduce yourself? (laughs) You can do that, can't you? Yeah, hi, I'm Jill. McKnight, uh, sister of Susan Miller. Yeah. Hi. I'm outnumbered now. And friend of Annie O'Neill. <laughs> and actually, we sound alike, so I reckon I can just go... You don't go sound and... anything alike. We I, do on, we I, do it when I, they're recording. I, I, I can make sure I've got a bit of an Aussie twang. I was going to say, Joe's got an Australian twang. <laughs> I can no. do an Aussie twang if I tried. Right. Go on. No. I don't want to. <laughs> we anyway, anyway. Anyway. Look, she's gonna, oh, she's going to get us back on track. We're not going to do any... <laughs> Lion, so, yes. So... For those that listen Sweet to, we Caroline. are actually <laughs> we're in a gorgeous place called Breathing Space, sat in a shepherd hut. We are. Um, and this is where Gillian lives, so um, we've come up to visit and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, so you may hear some funny noises outside, it's the natives. but you know. <laughs> With wheelbarrows and yeah. things. <laughs> Working on the land. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're Collecting our lunch, hopefully. We're recording from a shepherd's hut. Yes, I Much better that? than a teepee, yeah. a green teepee. In North Norfolk. In North Norfolk, yes. So, yeah, and I think, you know, for those of you, this is this is going to be quite topical. So, on July the 7th. Yeah, something like that. The England women's football team won the Euros 2022. Sweet Caroline! Oh, oh, oh. Anyway, yeah. So, and um, part of the reason why we decided that we want to talk about lionesses in this podcast is because after they won on the Sunday, I got a little bit incensed on Monday when I got home from work. That's not like you. No, but I know it's hard to believe, but I was actually, I was very incensed. Incensed enough to start a petition. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Ali doesn't do I know, I don't, I don't. Yeah. But incensed that actually, here we are, we've got a fantastically successful women's football team. And the only bit of celebration that they got was a 20 minute slot in Trafalgar Square for 7,000 people. Mm. Whereas had it been the men who'd won the Euros, there would have been an open-top bus parade through London and... And a public holiday. Uh, probably a public holiday, because <laughs> it's been so yeah. long since the yeah. last time the men won anything at football. Yeah. And this isn't a men battery. <laughs> by no means imagination. No, it isn't. This isn't about empowering women. It, and it made us, it just made us, when we arrived yesterday, it made us, we sat and we were talking about it, and it just made us really think about, you know, why, why is that? Why... Well, it's centuries old, isn't it? We're talking about patriarchy, aren't we? And Absolutely. And in our lifetime, you'd think that, you know, we've lived through lots of change. Um, but, you know, I look back and think from a, a from a women and equality perspective, and you're right, it isn't about men battering at all. No, it's yeah. not. Um, but not a lot has really changed. No. 
No. Um, and, and you know, I think that the whole thing in sport has been much slower. And you think about, you know, like in business, and you're from the corporate world, in, mm. you know, previously, Jill, but the glass ceiling and all yeah. of that sort of stuff. And there are a lot more women now on boards in corporate, you know, they're 100, FTSE 100 and, yeah. all, you know, that, that has... There are, but I think one of the challenges um, I see in, in a map background has been corporate HR for, you know, 40 years... Um, she's not that old <laughs> and, but, uh, she's Sue's younger sister and it, it's interesting I, I am by the way um, I I remember in Sue's my really one young. of my very first jobs um, as a baby HR person personnel back in the day uh, I sat in on a disciplinary meeting probably to take the notes and it was a woman who was being disciplined for wearing trousers at work no yeah, absolutely so that would have been wow. about 1980 22 <laughs> yeah. oh absolutely <laughs> And I often think... 1980. Yeah, no, 1980. She was being disciplined for wearing yeah, trousers. Because the, the dress policy was that women couldn't wear trousers at work. Um, and I and think... You, who, do you, who are you working for? Empire Stores in Bradford. Right. But I think I look back and I, I, I've often reflected and thought, on the one hand, you could say, wow, well, great. The world has changed. We've come a long way. But actually, have we? Because I also look at it, and this is a general statement, and I've also kind of come across and I'm not saying this overall but there's definitely pockets of women who do succeed or are on boards CEOs etc mm -hmm. but you you do get an element of that still trying to behave in a very macho kind of way mm. Um, mm. and I think one of the things that I found is for women who care uh, and you know I often use say if you dare to use the c word at work care it can still be seen as a weakness. And I think that's one of our challenges. Yeah. Why is care, caring and kindness considered to be weak yeah. in work? In business. In business, yeah. Mm. And I think if you then put that into sport as well, you know, why why didn't? Why, why didn't they get the parade? What, you know, how do we, you know, what is that about? But, you know, back in 1966, women weren't allowed to play football. No. So, you know, we've come, that was the right... It's but that's a bit like trousers at work. Yeah. So, we've, we've, it's changed, but, but to what extent? You know, just being allowed to play isn't really enough. But, you know, I, what absolutely floored me the other day, I was listening to something about, um, you know, the lionesses, and they were saying that actually it's only now that they're actually, you know, that it's a, it's a job for them. They get, know, they, they get paid. They get paid. Do you know how much they, they get paid? <laughs> £27,000 a year. And, and some of their we, we male, counter, <laughs> the male count, counterpoints mm. earn that a week, mm. a day, mm. some yeah. of them. Mm. £27,000 a year. I that mean, I'm not ridiculous. saying that that's not a living wage, oh, no, but no, by no, comparison to the men yeah. who are pay, playing, you know, in Where's Euros. Where's the equality? Yeah, <laughs> and especially when men don't actually win anything. Whereas <laughs> and women, well, the men's football team. When was the last time they won anything? Nineteen sixty-six. Yeah. So come on, they don't win anything unless you're a Manchester City supporter. Well, let's not go there. But, uh, but I think, and I'm trying to think what the counter to it is. So what is it? You know, there's a why, and you could argue that it's uh, it's it's not as um, it's not been around as long for better or worse. Hmm. It's a it's a, a younger sport in that sense. Women in football uh, is 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 young in comparison to men in football. Yeah, but then there's a big debate, isn't there, yeah. about why do we have to call it women in football? Why is it just football? Why do we have to just because we don't say men's football, do we? 
Well, well we probably do women's now. football. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think we do still. Well, okay, why not? Well, we will. But look at tennis. So we don't say, we don't really differentiate. There's a, there's a, there's more of, well, there is more of an equality in tennis, but didn't Martina Navratilova take out, didn't she put in a claim against, um, the, I don't know if it was the BBC, because what she was paid in comparison to John McEnroe at the time, at the time, for her, nav- for her, for her commentary. commentary. Was, oh, I didn't uh, was know. ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah, there was well, a huge because when they did the um the, when they did all the BBC when they mm-hmm. uh, had to publish what yeah what all the salaries yeah. were for their talk because that was one of the other things that I was really really surprised about about the Euros and the fact because it was all run in Britain and all the you know all of that sort of stuff there were some clubs who refused to let their grounds be used for women's football wow and some of the clubs mm. like for some of these international mm. matches. Mm. They had to pay for them to host a women's football match. So it's a legacy, isn't it? We've, mm. you know, we know we've lived through, we have lived through change, and I guess mm. the challenge is that we can get a bit excited at times yep. by saying, of course, things have changed. You know, there's lots of legislation now uh, that that it, it allegedly, allegedly protects, uh, but in the scheme of change, it doesn't feel enough. And, no. and I guess that's what we're saying that. We it's a bit like being grateful for the the, the small pickings. the little bits yeah the little bits we should just be grateful that we were allowed to play in the Euros and that we're allowed to wear trousers at work yeah. kind of thing yeah um that things have changed that much yeah. but I think it's got to start very young I think we've got to we need to be empowering our young girls and hopefully that's partly what happened last weekend when those women won is that that empowered a generation of females and especially a younger generation of females to think actually I can do it and not that they can all become footballers because we don't you know not everybody well, is can't. going to be yeah. a footballer but you know that that is an option you know and that anything they can do anything yeah. they want to do and I think that's the bit that we've you know the part we can play is that we do have to our girls are not our girls self-esteem and not no, good. and I think the self-esteem is the bit that empowers mm. women, isn't it? Because yeah. actually, if you've got good self-esteem, you believe absolutely that you deserve exactly the same as your male counterparts or any any counterpart. You know, just yeah. not just you know anybody who's e- you know no anybody who's on an equal level with you. Also, actually, there shouldn't be any difference. You deserve also, it. It's an also it's also an ed- educational for young boys as well, though, because it, it you know that's the other side of it. It, it is how i guess the male the boys you know will grow into men how they view women in sports yeah, or women absolutely. in work or um women yeah. in relationships yeah um and so i think what was great about the football is also that there was a lot of boys and actually uh, you know there was a lot of inter- there was interviews with dads who had taken their daughters yeah, to football exactly. and so mm. so i think it's also educational and and what what I don't particularly like is the idea that you know we've got to go out and be suffragettes all over again and and chain ourselves to railings. We we ought to be more educated, not educated, but we should be wiser to it now. Yeah. But part of that journey is also how men view women, women and how mm. boys view girls. Yeah, and mm. I think the football Absolutely. did a lot of good for that. So yes, coming back to your point, Annie, 
therefore the call the, the, the opportunity for celebration was huge. Massive. And a missed opportunity. And really missed. And an interesting and, and, you know, they mark. they cited, didn't they? They cited lots of stuff around all that it was the safety and blah 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 blah. Safety. But, well, it, that's what they said. They mm. it was the safety. And they only allowed seven thousand fans into Trafalgar Square for that twenty minutes. Now bearing in mind it was the biggest ever audience at Wembley yeah. for any event football nine mm. nearly 90,000 people mm. then imagining that 7,000 was going to be enough of the people who wanted they, to you know it was the most watched thing this year on TV yeah. and we had did it beat Love Island and it beat the I Queen's I don't even know what Love Island is so Love Island. Did oh, it, yeah, beat the final. It, it, was the, it was the most watched thing. And, and you we know had what? The Queen's as, what, Jubilee. As a mother, mm. I would much rather that my children watch that football than watch mm. Love Island. 100%, 100%. Uh, you know, thinking about role models, that's um, I feel that's a much more positive role model than mm. than Love Island. So, but, yeah, it, but if it had been the men, yeah. they would have organised an open top tour. But Safety it, wouldn't it, have been an issue. No, oh. and sa- when safety's an issue, there's often a. Uh, you often smell a rat, so it, it, it certainly wasn't about safety. I didn't safety. know. Yeah, that yeah. Is they, rubbish, they yeah. quoted safety. Yeah, absolute rubbish. Yeah. But I think it is a missed opportunity. But I suppose it is then going. Okay, the good thing is that it happened. We know it happened. It was brilliant. It was a beautiful experience to watch and be part of. Mm. And it's it's not over. So that agenda, it's not like yeah, we won that's it. Yeah, when they win the World Cup next yeah. year, they will get no top hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just you know, but what, and that's the other thing as well, isn't it? Is that you know, if if they had, if the men had won the Euros and were not allowed to have an open top bus, there would be mm. riots yeah. in this country. I agree, and and it just all mm. seems to have been brushed under the carpet, and nobody's really, you know, they weren't given a reception at Downing Street, and I know. There's all sorts of things going on with the Tory leadership and blood. Well, let's not do yeah, politics because yeah, that's we're like, just you know no. all complete. No. Yeah. But even so, they mm. they yeah no, I'm really I was so incensed. So, so what incensed. next? What what? So there's almost a you know where do you go from yeah. here? Yeah, and I suppose there's a there's you feel like there might be some light at the end of the tunnel because the chairman of the FA is now a woman, so the chairperson yeah. of the FA is now a woman. So I wonder if that will will help. I wonder. I think I, football do you think in schools as well for girls, because a lot of the schools don't do football for girls. They don't have a football team no, for girls, no, do they? No, and especially in the high schools. I think primaries, it's a little bit more mixed. But in the high schools, there's, football isn't an option for girls in a lot of high schools. And, oh, and it would be really interesting, change. but it would be really interesting, wouldn't it, to talk to PE teachers to say, if you did start a football team for girls, would you get enough girls yeah. in high school? But to come to fill but it a has team. to feel, filter through from the primary school, doesn't it? Yeah. You know that that whole bit of it has to be that they both play, girls and boys play right from day one. So it's it's back to that equality. It's back and to I, that. I think the lionesses will help yeah. with that. I yeah. think it's already helped. You know, it's yeah. already got young girls wanting to have a go. Because um, I'm thinking about, I can remember, so Lily, one of my, my middle daughter, was des- who should get a credit on at the end of every podcast we do, goodness knows why. <laughs> anyway, but Lily, the middle She's one. She's our technical support. But she desperately, so Matthew went and played football for the local football team. She desperately wanted to play, so she joined and she played with the boys. And then after a season, she stopped playing because she turned around, and this was at, when they get to a certain age and then they can't play mixed anymore. They should play separate um whatever it is the rules are but she said I don't want to play anymore mum because the boys won't pass it to me yeah and that was my point earlier about the education 
hoping that it's educational for young boys as well to respect that actually girls can play it's a different it's a slight well is it a different game it isn't a different it's a different game in that it's generally not as as Violent. <laughs> I don't know, the, <laughs> the England-Germany Euros final was quite physical. Like, it was a bit, it was a bit physical, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't, it was the Germans. Well, I think, interestingly, the other thing, that the other statistic that came out, which I thought was really amazing, was that that huge crowd, nine, nearly 90,000, no trouble in the stands no. at all. Yeah. None. No. Families were there, young children, yeah. no trouble. But again, and I think that's the opportunity we've got, that there, there has been a stigma with football, obviously, over the years. And and, and I, I personally don't think there is anywhere near as much trouble as there used to be. No, definitely. But it does enable us to bring it back to being a real, true family sport. And mm. I think you got a lot of that at Wembley. Mm. And not just Wembley. I mean, our brother went with, he, he, he and his mates have been following they go to the world cup every four years and this year they followed the euros and they actually literally got off their backsides and they went and they went mm. to the they went to milton Keynes and they watched the games so i think again and gavin took his daughter so i think it, 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 mm. it the nice thing is i think we're, we're at the beginning of seeing quite a change yeah and and i wanted to mention ian wright because he yeah, he made a real brilliant. He, he really mm. pushed it and i think they were struggling a little bit with him <laughs> because it was live but I loved the fact that he was pushing not even after we'd won he was really on it then saying but it has to change yeah. we're not making it easy for people we're not making it easy for the players no. um we're not making it easy for the fans no. so that has to change yeah. And it, you know, if Ian writes on it, I feel a little bit more confident because yeah, that know, this he, might be the start of something he, he, and more of a permanent yeah. change. Yeah, but it's a, for me, it's you know, football's part of it, and we're talking about it because of the football. But I think that, ho and I agree with you, Jill. You know, to empower girls, you've also got to change the way boys deal with it because yeah. I think ultimately, you know, it is about how our girls see themselves. Yeah, mm. and and it's not good. We go into schools mm. every day. We hear it every day. Mm. You know that that. It, girls we need to be building our girls up so that, and not making not making them arrogant no, or no, you know no. I'm the best thing in the world no. but just, but just so having a bit of belief and, in yeah, themselves and self-confident in that self-esteem that I'm mm. okay as mm. I am but I think the big change that we need to see and again I can you know I've done most of my experience from the corporate world is back to that we we tend to favor and celebrate uh a more arrogant being we do we we yeah. push our children into being uh, um uh, uh, you know uh, uh, kind of confident but it, it's not confident it's it's actually almost aggressive and and i think it's that piece again about when we start to celebrate feminine qualities and that isn't necessarily being a woman but that the the the, the feminine qualities. You're, you're, you're back to the C for care, right? Absolutely, you? I am back to C for care, and I, and again, I would say it is a dirty word. It's as bad as the C word in mm. in in business, yes. mm. and and I think that's where it's problematic, because then women are can be, and I'm saying it's mainly women, but even you know in that feminine energy is 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 made to be shameful. It's made to be shameful. Yeah. Um, but why can't oh, you? Why I, can't you have a successful business that cares? Absolutely, I got. I, I was. Um, I was rejected for a job 
um, a few years ago. Mm. And the reason I was given, bearing in mind this was a, a senior HR role, was because I was too people oriented. And I love that. I wear it as a badge of honour. I really but do. Surely I, that's really, what your shoes should be if you're doing but human resources. And about that particular company. But in Dodged a bullet, it, from an HR perspective, absolutely. It, it, being people oriented wow. isn't doesn't mean you get it, it often it often prevents you from getting senior roles. Mm. Because it's not a quality that is seen to be uh, strategic. It's not it's not strategic enough. And and I challenge that over and over because then the biggest problems most organisations have is with engagement and people people's mental health and yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. feeling feeling okay to be who I am at work. Yeah. And, and and a lot of that comes from for some you know reason it's like it's like you walk through an in, an invisible um, portal when you're going to work and suddenly we've got to stop being human and yeah. it's it's not it, it's it's not seen as Strategic, if you care, and, and I agree with that's you. Like, yeah. It's almost as seen as a sign of weakness, isn't it? A hundred percent. Yes. If you care, you it's weak. Oh, it's weak to it's care. A sign of, it's a hundred percent weakness. I was talking to somebody yesterday who is a manager in a corporate company, and it, it, just on the back of that, and his new his new manager, um, so one of the senior managers in the company is a female, and has come into this role, and he said the difference between his previous manager and this one is that this one is all strategic mm. and no cash oh. and his words were and doesn't seem to care about the people per the people and micromanagers and and we you know we broke that down a lot about is it about her etc but it again it, it ticks that box that actually to be she only got that job because she, she didn't is care that how she has to be it is to be to be able to role. be successful yeah. and i have so, worked with many of those yeah, women which is and and they don't do anything for the normal woman in the world Absolutely. because they don't give us a you know that's not what it's we're not great about. press is it? it isn't good press no. but they are the ones that get promoted yeah and that that's because they're the back. most they're the ones that are most male-like I, uh, absolutely, or you know, masculine, masculine that has that. Um, there's, whatever there's masculine that, yeah. energies, which isn't it. It isn't again um, men bashing. It isn't. There's a lot of great men with beautiful, caring skills mm. uh, that again get overlooked. And, and that's why this man was struggling because yeah. he can't. You know, he said that's not how I work. I can't. Mm. You can't. For me, you can't take the caring bit out, mm. and 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 he, he that was his actual words yesterday, and we had a long conversation. So it, yeah. So to empower women, I think it, it's it's a huge journey, but I think it's about us, uh, all of us, and, and from an educational perspective, through school, through society, starting to really embrace and celebrate what it is to be woman, yeah. and. There's a big debate about that at the moment, though, oh isn't my there? God, I don't Let's not ever go there, but there is a massive. Debate. It's worrying. I, I think it's crazy that we're even beginning to debate what is man and what is woman. Um, it, it seems bizarre, and and that's not decrying that there are people genuinely who are transgender, mm -hmm. uh, and I get Absolutely. that. Um, yeah. But I think we've done so a that's a whole. whole that's yeah. another podcast, yeah. I think. and you know, a lot of confusion uh, further there, down so, yeah. the line. Um, so I think that probably that that brings us quite nicely to the idea about what are our top tips going to be. Time for our top tips. 
Okay, so Jill, what's your top tip? I think I like the uh, please don't be scared of using the C word, and I mean C A R E K, and seeing it as something to embrace and celebrate rather than be shamed by yeah, it and push it down absolutely and try and hide it imagine a world and i once was told many years ago my biggest problem in hr was that i was too nice and i've always thought since then imagine the world oh. we would live in if it, we were too nice yeah, yeah. how beautiful how nice. so another badge of honor yeah, yeah brilliant and i think my top tip will be i think around empowering women isn't just about empowering women it's also about you know men and education and it's about it's a massive societal shift i think isn't it, is. it? and I, it's nothing that's going to happen overnight probably not in our lifetimes probably not in our children's lifetimes because it's it's huge that mm. is huge isn't it mm -hmm. but i think as a as a mother as somebody who works within education i think we all have a duty to, to do a little bit of that education Absolutely. um you know, without, or even just as somebody not in education, but you know, somebody maybe with a male partner or a male friend or a male colleague. Yeah, or a male to child. Do, to do that little bit of actually, mm -hmm. you know. I think it absolutely lends itself, Annie, to be the change we want to yes. see in the world. Yes. And that starts absolutely. right here, right now, yeah. with who we are. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Sue's been keeping her top tip a secret. Yeah, because you can Drum roll. My top tip is that we should have Jill in every podcast because it makes me look much more sane. And actually, I've been quiet. I've been good. This is the quietest I've ever been in a podcast. It is, actually. And, and she, actually, doesn't, she hasn't said nutty once. <laughs> so I think Jill should be in every... And don't you think that's a good top tip? No, because that's not a top tip about what we're talking it's about. It's about females. Uh, mm. uh, okay. <laughs> so that just leaves us to say thank you, our usual thank yous. Thank you to Joe for our original music. And Lily. And thank you to our special guests. Yeah, thanks, Jill. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, thanks for having me. And um, thank you for listening. <laughs>